The Dragon Reread is brought to you by the Armadillo Podcasting Club. Did you know that when America first became a country, all of its ambassadors were actually armadillos? They had to change it, though, because armadillos are jerks. <laughs> I did not know that. Fair. <laughs> but it is true. For more armadillo facts, and to find out how you can access episodes a day early, Pat- check us out on the web at patreon.com slash club. Time turns and ages come and pass, leaving memories that become podcasts. Hello there, welcome to the Dragon Reread. We're rereading Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time series of fantasy novels. I am Jeff Lake. I'm Alice Sullivan. And I'm Mike Sparkman. And today we're covering chapters 23 through 26 of Winter's Heart, book 9 of the Wheel of Time. Last time. Previously, Matt does what Matt does best. He got himself waist deep in a big old ocean of shit. For a dude who hates Aes Sedai, Matt manages to get himself tied up in a whole lot of Aes Sedai drama. Uh, Matt agrees to help Jolene, 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 Jolene. <laughs> escape Ebudar, but then decides while he's at it, maybe tack on another one, you know? I mean, since he's helping Aes Sedai escape. Uh, maybe one that's locked up in a palace full of Death Watch guards, you know, just to get a little spicy <laughs> with it, right? <laughs> oh, she has a friend she wants to bring along? Why not? I mean, since we're making the trip anyway, right, guys? <laughs> the uh, more the merrier. Yeah, so just pack the whole lot of them on. Um, and meanwhile, I'm getting this feeling that Tuan is creeping on Matt hard. Uh, just coincidentally, she shows up whenever he happens to be uh, anywhere. And I'm like 90% sure I caught her sniffing Matt's hair when she walked by a couple <laughs> times. It's like, it's a little weird, you know? But she's into it. He's into it. Whatever, you know? Well, he's not into it yet. He'll like, be into it. The prophecy says. <laughs> <laughs> is it still choice if the prophecy says you have to do it? Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, is there free will? Is there free will? Would he be into Tuan or, or about to marry Tuan or whatever if he hadn't got that prophecy? All right, we're doing this episode entirely about determinism. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and to further complicate things, again, and, and her boyfriend slave are about to come pounding on Matt's door asking for help. Normally, I'd tell any Sean Chan to get fucked, but again, it seems all right. And Bail Dilmon is real blast to have around. I gotta be honest, I like that guy. Yep. Uh, oh, I, I really appreciate how he shaved his head and kept the beard. <laughs> I know. I mean, he's got his priorities. He knows what's up. <laughs> yeah. Jeff, do you feel like you have a little bail dumb on in you? No, I see. Would you like a little bail dumb on in you? <laughs> <laughs> I, I or just a little you. land. Would you, would you do like? <laughs> uh, oh, also, Brand is hunting the evil Ashaman who are hunting him while also being hunted by his dreamwalking uncle who is. Also, Lance Cousin, which is a totally average day for the Dragon Reborn, honestly. It's pretty normal. Yeah, it's kind but, of unremarkable. It's like actually. Tuesday. <laughs> Chapter 23, To Lose the Sun. Um, a new icon of, I believe, Far Matting. Yeah. Which is, yeah, it's kind of like a... It's a hand and a sword and a... Shield? Uh, oh. It's it's the, the Terangriol, the oval thing. Let's mm. uh, see later on. Okay. Um, I swear I thought this was a Yonic symbol. Because this is a matriarchy. <laughs> I mean, wow. it looks... God, Jeff, you just see vaginas everywhere. <laughs> I, I wish. I wish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, Shallon, the sea folk wave finder, wind finder, wind finder, who got caught in bed with that disgraced noblewoman mm-hmm. and has been kept captive by Cat's Wayne for a while, uh, travels, sorry, 
with capital T. Yeah, Terrells. Terrells, as I even say. Yeah, with Cat Swain and some of her buddies, and with Harine, her boss slash sister, to farm Eddie. Yeah, so she's uh, she's not a prisoner anymore, but she's kind of, I guess, tacked along. She, I guess she doesn't have much choice. Yeah, so Cat Swain is blackmailing her. Right. Because she would be ruined if it came out that she had had an affair on her husband. And Cat Swain has offered to take them to Rand, because now she knows where he is, because Alana has woken up. Yeah. We also, like, pretty quickly learned that Cat uh, Swain has taken in some Ashamon, which I think is very interesting. Yeah, and they bonded them. Yeah, so so I guess for some context, these are the ones that Taim put on this traitor list. So maybe they don't have a choice, right? Like at this point. Yeah, I wonder what the order of operations there was. Did, did he put them on the traitor list because they didn't come back, or because they just weren't where the, weren't there at the Black Tower when everything went down. Yeah, due to the way the, the story is told, it's unclear where this is in the chronology yeah, or when really, this happened. We don't find out what's up with them at all. Like This is Dahmer Flynn, who's that super healer guy, yeah. and Narishma, who's a pretty cool dude. These are all people who are loyal to Rand, though. Yeah, and now they're bonded to these Aes Sedai. Yeah. I, which strikes me as being a bad thing. Yeah. I, <clears throat> sorry. <clears throat> Yeah, it's definitely concerning because the, uh, I, well, I don't know. I guess it depends on how the bond works, right? Like, we know with, with with Rand, they don't actually have much, Alana doesn't have much influence over his behavior. So if two bonded people in this instance don't have that kind of control over each other, then maybe it's yeah not so bad. I don't they, know. They appear to be into it. You know, they're working for the Aes Sedai and, and, and smiling. And yeah, they seem, they seem happy. Yeah. So good for them, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but it feels like. This is a, another case of Kat Swain just screwing up Rand's plans and taking away his tools. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I doubt that she has a, a, a positive uh, idea about this. It seems like yeah. a leverage thing, right? Yeah. So there's a whole bunch of interpersonal drama between the Sea Folk and the Aes Sedai. Uh, Shallon and her sister are at odds because if you're in the Sea Folk you, and you're working with your sister, you just be mean to her. Yeah, well, I think we've heard this before. That was it. Um, that that woman who wanted to be recruited by Nynaeve. The, no, by Egwene, right? Wasn't she the one who was begging to go with Egwene? No, it was Nynaeve. It was Nynaeve. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but you're but you're right. She was like, please let me be in the White Tower because essentially, like the Sea Folk have a an abhorrence of like family special treatment. So I guess it it's really important to the Sea Folk that she treats her sister like shit. So there's no. Right, I'm yeah. Sorry, but it still sucks. But now that she's back, Harine wants her to spy on Kat Swain, but Kat Swain already has the blackmail on her, is making her spy on Harine. So Shallon is, is torn. Yeah. yeah. She's in too deep. Yeah, there's a weird exchange where uh, there's the whole traveling thing, that's how they get where they're going. Yeah. And uh, Harine is basically like, just let her spy on me if we can get that trick, you know? Yeah. I, I thought that was a little small-minded of Harine, because... She's like envisioning the boats sailing through giant portals, but Harim, this is going to put you out of business if people know how to do this, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's true. Why do they need boats if they can travel? That's a good point. That's a very good point. I think she's thinking more in terms of this being a, a secret technology. Yeah. Uh, so on that note, there's actually kind of an interesting side thing here. Um, this is not really important in particular, but Shalon mentions that the Seahulk have sextants, which yeah. I thought was 
interesting. Like they don't, this is something that they, uh, like a jealously guarded secret. They have this tool right. that lets them navigate, uh, in, in the ocean. Yes. Yeah, so this is how they, this is how they do it. This is why they're the only ones that can cross the oceans. Yeah. So, so this is their, one of their advantages, right? I, it kind of caught my eye because this has become like a, a theme that I've noticed. It's this idea of these different factions having like technologies that are kind of jealously guarded. So you have the sea folk with their sextants, you have the, the illuminators with their like alchemical knowledge, we'll say. Yeah. Um, and of course the Isodides, you know, don't tell anyone any shit, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, it's kind of interesting that this, that there are all these hidden technologies that do exist. They're just yeah. not well, commonly known. I wonder how much of this stuff is like basically from the age of legends. That's a good point. Uh, they may not know how to make just it. Just in fragments. And if you got it all together, you know, like you find the people that know how to make antibiotics and you find the people that know about crop rotation and you could bring it back. That's well, exactly what I was thinking. It's interesting, Mike, that you say that because Rand and Elaine are both building their own schools too of like learning and inventions. Yeah. And, and it, presumably the interest is in that information being shared around the world. So they're taking a very, like a very different approach to it. Yeah. Cause I think Rand was saying like, well, I'm going to, you know, destroy the world. So I might as well give it something good as well. Help create some sort of progress. I just realized we've never heard about any other schools anywhere. Yeah, the, 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 the white huh. tower theoretically, just, right? Just the white tower. And, I, and you're right. Kind of funny. There's no universities, no, what we would call scientists, natural philosophers. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, and I wonder if that's because of the White Tower jealously guarding learning and knowledge and kind of huh. preventing other people from pursuing Cause, it. Because there have been universities in the past when the Forsaken taught at one of them. Yeah, in the Age, in the age of Legends, yeah. for sure. So I, I theorize that it is actually because... For lack of a better way to say it, the world is so shitty right now. Like, like they're in a they're in a decline, right? And I think the dark those, ages. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I think those things happen when people have leisure time and like have uh, have prosperity. Yeah. It seems like that's kind of the opposite of what's happening. Everything's kind of falling apart. There are rich people though. There there are nobles that are doing well. There are merchant towns that are that are prosperous. And we and do also, meet a couple like, tutors. Everybody can read. Like everybody. In this whole <laughs> that is a good point. Oh, He's teaching yeah. them how to read. Yeah. That's a good point. I, well, uh, so so there there don't appear to be schools. That we've seen, but they do. They do. They do seem to have teachers, though. You know, more in like a tu- tutor aspect. Like we know that nobles have that kind of thing. Yeah, right? Olver has yeah. a tutor. That's a good point. Do we know that everybody can read? Because we're only seeing a very small group of people, and these are like you well, know the high, the, the highest of the high people. We're, we're not seeing a lot of poor people. It's true, but yeah. like if it, if Matt can read, I assume any dum dum can read. So right? that, it's like Matt didn't go to school. That's a good true. point. We do, they make a they make a point of the fact that I mean, Rand Rand learned it from his dad. His right. dad had like a shelf of books and that was sort of unusual. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that that's where they learned. But maybe that's a you know two rivers spoke being just a little right. bit better than everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> right. I bet those Terran fairy fuckers can't read a word. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Scum and Terran fairy all never learn to read. <laughs> that's fine, because they'll net they could never learn anyway. <laughs> If you handed them a book, they'd just try and, probably try and wipe their ass with it. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Terran fairy folk. <laughs> Almost as bad as though as the Congress and the Coplins. Yeah. So anyway, they go to farm adding. And Harine, the wave mistress, has apparently been tortured by Serene. Yeah, so this is referring to that, that punishment thing that she had, right? Like, like as, she was, as she was walking out, Cad Swain was like, Confine her to her room. Don't let her eat anything. And if she tries to do anything, I don't kick her ass or something. I don't understand why they're taking this from Cat Swain. Why anybody is right? I, mean, I understand she's a nice to die, but if all she does is piss people off and torture people and assault people, 
and and screw up people's plans. Why does anybody hang out with her at all? I don't know, but they're terrified of her. Yeah, they're I, terrified. I of think her. they're scared of her because she has like unlimited magic power, right? Like that's the. Does she? We've never seen her do anything. Yeah, I think she's channeled like one time ever. Yeah, I think she's got a reputation among Aes Sedai, so maybe she doesn't have to generally, but I mean, the Aes Sedai seem to do whatever she says. I, mean, I right? kept thinking if, if this had happened to my ambassador and I was the wave mistress or whatever it is of the sea folk, I'd be like, roll them on home. Like, we're, we're now in vendetta with the Aes Sedai, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Aes Sedai, if they want to ever ship anything with us ever again, are going to have to apologize for this. Right. Well, uh, the Aes Sedai already aren't allowed on uh, sea folk Yeah, ships. that's a good point, but. Um, on a side note, so Cat Swain's from Far Matting? Yes. How does anybody know from from Far Matting know that they can channel? That is a great question. I was thinking the same yeah. thing. She must have, I mean, maybe the Aes Sedai came and looked for her. They do that, right? Don't they do that? Yeah, but can, they do. They but do. how would they know? How would they If she had any ability. I mean, they'd have to walk her outside the, the city or something. But I guess an Aes Sedai from Far Matting would have to be a very determined person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is an interesting point. But yeah. I, I think I think Jeff's right. I think if, if you wanted to be an Aes Sedai and you're from Farmatic, you'd have to go seek it out. Because like, mm-hmm. you're right. I don't think I don't think anyone would know. Yeah. yeah. It's an interesting question. Yeah. And maybe it's part of why she's so unusual. And I mean, why didn't they just take... Like, why haven't the Reds just taken any man who can channel and just bring him for simply in Farmatic? That's a good question. Yeah. yeah. They, yeah. <laughs> why did they do that with the steading? There was a reason, right? They like... They, the OG well, said the, some of the... Stead, some of the I said, from the Age of Legends, try to stay in the setting, but they couldn't. Yeah. Well, the Ogier don't want don't want them there, but there's no explanation for why this wouldn't work in far matting. I kind of feel like this is opening up a lot of plot holes in this, this place. Not necessarily. I think that. I think that. Well, we know that it's not actually super well known. It's not a secret exactly, but it's not like widely known. I think the I said I don't like to talk about the fact that this is a thing, um, even though it's known in far matting. I mean. Information doesn't necessarily travel everywhere like that. But. That's true. And anyway, like as, as we were getting at, the, they we get some information from Sarin, uh that would have been useful to have last chapter uh, that no one can channel in farm adding because they've got some like amazing Terran Grial that prevents it. Yeah, it sounds like there's a series of them that are designed to imitate a setting. You know, you mm-hmm. mentioned that stunning Alice. Yeah, but it's in layers, which I thought was interesting. Like there's a, a way. There's essentially like. An outer layer that men can't channel in, an inner layer where women can't channel further, you know, like further in. Yeah. And then, yeah, maybe that's it. But still, it's it's interesting. Yeah, I was a little confused at the operation of the Terra Real that we see later, but we'll, we'll get to it. Yeah. But it, but to Alice's point, this would also be a really good place for a, a, a place to keep uh, prisoners. Yeah, it totally would. Mm-hmm. Like if you have a false dragon or something, right? Toss them in top farm adding. Yeah, it's funny that uh, it hasn't yeah. even been mentioned yet. Yeah, interesting. In fact, though, they, they mention in these chapters that a couple false dragons have come from Far Matting. Again, how would that how would that? Well, I'm, at least one of them they mentioned couldn't channel because you don't have to channel. Oh, that's either. a good point. Mm-hmm. False dragon. So they, they head into Far Matting, and all foreigners have to be registered at the gates, and they check the lists going in and out, and you have to peace bond your sword or check it in. I'd never heard of that before. It's interesting. It's, yeah, kind of thing. it's really popular in conventions where people wear costumes. Really? Yeah, because you know you have your costume weaponry. Yeah, you and might bring a real sword and they yeah. don't want you to have that at the convention. So you just get a peace button, just like put a little zip tie on or something. Oh, alright. And then uh, they head in and Shallon in particular takes the, the loss of the power, the, the ability to channel really hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's freaking her out. Which is apparently not unusual. This is this is why people don't like the settings is because it makes them feel really uncomfortable as, as I was mentioned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, this is interesting. Like, I wonder what peripheral effects the this has. I mean, we we don't get a lot of direct talk about this, but I wonder, like, like bonding, like Isidai oaths. There are all these things that are based on Terangriol. I wonder how many of them lose their effects in formatting. Yeah, I'm probably. I don't think the oaths, right? But I mean, how would, they certainly wouldn't tell us that they did, right? Yeah, and water bonds don't. Yeah, that's true, which is surprising. So they actually, operate on a different frequency, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know what? I'm also surprised that the white cloaks are super into farming, matting. Yeah, right? They would love that place. Yeah, the, the, they should conquer this place. Just live there. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. They don't. They didn't. Well, the past tense because they're mostly dead. Right, yeah. Now they're red cloaks. Yeah. <laughs> dead, cloaks. Blood. dead cloaks. Dead cloaks. Because they're dead. Chapter 24, Among the Councils. Icon of the Tarvalon Flame. Uh, I thought farming is a really cool city. It is interesting, isn't it? Yeah. I, I, yeah, it's cool. The structure of it, the, the way that people operate there, it's cool. Yeah, like, I, it's kind of a matriarchy. Is that the right word? You yeah. Know, yeah Female-dominated. Um, but it, it's very almost fascistic, right? You have to check your sword. Uh, foreigners are watched. They don't trust anybody. And uh, all the buildings are stone, and it's a merchant city, and they've got these cool statues, and it's neat. Yeah, yeah it, seems, it seems like it works really well for them. I mean, it's one of the things Robert Jordan excels at. Yeah, absolutely. Writing interesting settings, yeah. It's like uh, every book has got to have one cool city. <laughs> yeah, with new flavor or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, Cat Swain leads them right into the central administrative building and contemptuously demands to see the first council, who is apparently the leader of the city. This is interesting because, you know, all of my theories about Cat Swain were that she uses her power to dominate people, but she doesn't have any magic here and everyone still seems to do whatever she says. Yeah, I was surprised by this, too, because she, as she meets the First Council, apparently, not only does the First Council hate her, but, but she treated the First Council like crap the last time she was here, 20 years ago. Oh, that 20 years ago. A lot happened 20 years ago, huh? Uh-huh. And so why would the First Council meet with Kat Swain? Kat Swain shows up and, and doesn't even, like, isn't even nice about it. She's just like, okay, I'm going to head up to her office right now. Mm-hmm. So uh, I have another theory, and it, it just kind of occurred to me. Uh, we know some things about Cad Swain that that uh, that could answer that question. Uh, she blackmails people, like so. We we know that she does that, right? And it's something she says to the first council actually supports that because she says something like something about her behavior and having to correct her last time, which implies that she knows something about something she did that she can she can hang over. So maybe it's blackmail. Right, okay, so yeah, she just collects blackmail, and because she's a hundreds-of-year-old Aes Sedai, she has lots of blackmail on everybody? It could be, yeah. Yeah, that, that seems likely. So as they head in, they spy that Terangriel. Yeah, they're like, oh, hey, since we're, since we're here, you want to check out the ancient and possibly dangerous wizard blocker? Why not, right? <laughs> yeah, right? It's pretty cool. It is really cool. It actually is really cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like it. So it's, this, it's like a, a, a trio of, not towers exactly, right? It's like ovals or something? Yeah, like ovals with points on their end. Uh, oblate spheroids. Yeah, yes, oblate spheroids that uh, that have that point in different directions, right? Yeah, uh, except when somebody channels nearby, and then it and then it like they all point at that spot, and then they can use that the three different markings to triangulate. Yeah, which, which is super cool. What, uh, so I was a little confused about this. So th- this is why I was thinking about layers. So you can't channel in the city. And, or nearby the city. So I guess this detects outside of that. I was confused by that too, because like it said somebody channeled. I figured it was outside. They didn't say that, though, so I was confused for a second. Like I thought nobody could channel. That's Does exactly that mean they tried that. to channel? 
the, what, what the implication is and what I, what I think it is, is that there's a third range. So there's the interior where women can't channel, the slightly outer where men can't channel, and a, another indeterminate amount of distance where they can detect channelers, yeah. which is interesting, you know? Mm-hmm. And oh so helpfully, right when they're looking at it, a, a man channels nearby and it, they can see how it works as it points out the, the location. Yeah. And Varen is being so suspicious. Oh, I know. She's yeah. using a fake name. Edwina. Yeah. Yeah, she gives herself a, gives a fake name. It's awesome. God, what is, what is she up to? I know. Like, and, oh, and she's like dropping being these... super threatening. Yeah, she's like dropping these threats on the <laughs> dragon's behalf. It's like, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, and it, oh, and it's also implied that she actually triggered this intentionally. Yeah. Because yeah. they, they say, oh, uh, who is it? Um... Shalon is like, oh, I noticed that Jahar is missing. Oh, that's where Jahar is. Right. Varen sent him to go trigger the thing while they're here. Just to screw with them or something? So she could have this little talk, I think. Honestly, I think it's just like she wanted an excuse to bring this up. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I think, I think honestly, that Viren, uh wanted to... Either she knew or wanted to bring up the fact that there are Ashaman in the city. I think this is all part of like a, a plan. A scheme of some kind. Yeah. yeah. Why and what she's up to, I have no idea, but yeah, yeah I still love Viren. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, so they, they meet with the First Council and demand to be given palatial lodgings. And Catswain disrespects her in, in person in front of all of her other council members uh-huh. and weakens her just because she's an asshole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, and at first the First Council is going to stand up to her and is like, well, then you can't stay here, essentially, right? Yeah. Uh, but because... She has leverage on Harine. Harine right. is like, well, if if, uh, if you want if you want me to stay, she has to stay. Right, because the first council definitely wants Harine to stay because they're merchants. They want to do deals. Yeah, seafolk are great for trade. Yeah, though this is not is this city on a river? I was looking at the map and it's kind of hard to tell from the map. Actually. It's on an island. It's on an island in a lake. I mean, I guess it has a. Well, it's got to have a river somewhere, right? I suppose so. Yeah, but it's not like a. Yeah, I don't know. I'd have to look at the bigger map, but yeah. I guess it must have tributaries that go out to the ocean. Yeah. So then they, they head off to their uh, the First Council's palace. They're going to stay with her. And Harine and Shallon bond a little bit. Harine starts being nice to her. Yeah, this is interesting. And uh, I wonder if it's caused by something in particular. I, I was thinking Harine just noticed how hard a time her sister was having and was being nice for once. Yeah, it could be that. Because I, I don't necessarily think, I mean, I think that Harine's coldness and, and the way that she's treated him is like a duty thing, not because she doesn't like her, you know? Yeah. I think she probably still cares about her sister. So chapter 25, Bonds, Icon of the Dragon. Uh, Rand and men are sitting in their in-room waiting for Alana to arrive because yeah. Rand knows she's there, of course. Yeah. yeah, and you know, Rand's playing an ancient song from the memory of the ancient mad wizard who lives in his head. Yeah, Might and Min's do. like, I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that's a really depressing song. He's like, yeah, it's over a thousand years old. <laughs> Maybe you should stay dead. <laughs> and uh, we find out that Min saw something about Olivia, that she saw that Olivia will help Rand die. Yeah. Yeah, which Min is interpreting somewhat loosely as she's going to kill him, but Rand, I think, is twigging to the fact that that's not necessarily what that means. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, so we, like you mentioned, he knows where Alana is because the water bond appears to be immune to the effects of Farmag's guardians. Yeah, that's convenient. Yeah, it's convenient and a little strange. I wonder if there's a reason for this that we're going to find out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Katzwain and Alana finally arrive. 
and Cat Swain treats Rand like utter shit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, slaps him in the face. I know. For, yeah. like, for like swearing in front of her about something unrelated to her. You yes. Know? I, I and Rand takes it. Rand stands there, takes it because Min said he needs Cat Swain. This this and Min bothers is, me yeah. so much. Like, it bothers me a lot. I'm so frustrated. And you know, you guys are usually saying you should kill people, and I'm usually saying, ah, you know, killing's not always the right answer. But like, my kill list has Cat Swain's name on it. Like, you should kill her. <laughs> like, she is a huge problem. Way up there, like Forsaken. Then maybe Cat Swain. It has yeah. It has like what. 14 names on it, like the Forsaken and then Cat's Queen. <laughs> or perhaps I repeat myself. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. Uh, yeah. Because she, she's just going to fuck up his plans over and over and over again and treat him like crap and she's not going to help him do anything. I, I think that, I think that, I think that Rand trusts Min's visions enough to think that that's not true. And and I think he knows that Cat's Queen is someone he can't trust and that he, I think he wants to kill her, but I, I think that he knows that men's visions are always true. Yeah, yeah, so, that, that's it. And that's very he, strong of him to, to withstand all this. Yeah, I, I, I get that he needs her, but I, I think someone needs to set some fucking boundaries for this woman. Yeah, absolutely, like, yeah. Like, this is, this is unacceptable behavior. Uh, but, so, yeah. So he basically begs her not to screw up his plan. Yeah. By sending all of the emissaries and stuff to him, because she knows where he is, but no one else does. Right, yeah, and his, his plan is to... Uh, sword fight all the Ashaman one by one as they come into the city. And possibly some Forsaken if they're in there. <laughs> right, yeah. And uh, she agrees ungraciously. Yeah. And then leaves and uh, Alana's still there and she acts almost worse than Cat Swain. It's awful. It's real weird. but, but She acts very possessive of him. Like, you're my yeah. warder. You're my responsibility. You belong to me now. And also, yeah. he and gets like a weird, uh, like, he, like he can detect her emotions and he detects this like joy when she sees him, right? Mm-hmm. Like, she's, like, really happy to, like, in a, yeah. in a weird because way. Because she owns him. That's yeah. the way she sees it, yeah. Yeah, that's what she's seeing her slave. That's what she's seeing. I'm, but, I'm happy. It's my slave that I lost. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, yeah. but you're right. She has some fucking gall to come in here, like, outraged about Rand bonding so Because he tells her, like, oh, I bonded someone else. And she's yeah, like, she's like, who is it? Oh, how I'll, dare you? I'll, you know? I'll get her. I'll, I'll see her birched. And, and she tries to you slap You are mine. Him. Yeah. Yeah, like... Oh my god! Yeah, yeah she's so awful. If if I, like Rand shows a lot more strength than I would show, like he doesn't have any reason to keep her alive. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Should have killed her so long ago. Yeah, right. That's that's the only reason Catswain was able to find him and put his plans at yeah. risk in this in this case. Mm-hmm. I, it, it's interesting because I think he he's actually said that he thinks about killing her, but he knows that killing someone you're bonded to like yeah hurts essentially. You know. He's like, yeah. I can't, I can't spare the time to deal with that, you know. I wonder if it would affect the other women he's bonded to. Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, I don't think so because I don't think that they can feel Alana the way mm-hmm. that he can. Yeah, you know, you know what he should do? He should still her. I was thinking that, like, yeah, still her, and then just put her in prison. Yeah, keep her in a box. Keep her in formatting. Yeah. Yeah, or just keep her in formatting. Yeah, right. Use formatting. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, good on him though. He refuses. He will not tell her who he's bonded to, much less that he's bonded to three women. So that's good. Yeah, none of her goddamn business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. But she gives him some news about the oath swearers. Yeah. Who everybody's confused. They don't know why they all of a sudden changed their tune and swore to Rand. Yeah, it's a bunch of them, like yeah, that have all sworn fealty to him, yeah, and, and that's I, including Red Archer. Yeah, right? I think it's because yeah. of Beard. Fear and mind yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. She's been poking him. Why? We have no idea. Yeah. So something occurred to me as I was reading this this little update conversation with Alana because she tells him a bunch of stuff, including about the Ashman being bonded. She, yeah. she's like, oh hey, they actually did a um, 
by choice. You know, they they were all given the option and chose to do it, uh, hmm. possibly because of Viren again. Who knows? It, right. It's yeah, hard to say, right. right? Um, but it's something that occurred to me. This like Aes Sedai Ashaman bonded pair thing that seems really useful actually, right? Like if you have Aes Sedai that's sworn fealty to him so he can trust them, and they're bonded to Ashaman who are loyal to him. Like, what can you do with like a bonded pair of Chandlers with male and female? Oh, right. It's a good question. That's something that, that's never happened yeah, they, before. They yeah. with, with linking, it was always strongest with a mixed. Pair. Oh, that's right. I wonder yeah. if it's easy for them to link because they're bonded. I don't know. It's, it's it doesn't sound like something anyone's thought of at this point. But yeah. to me, this seems like a really useful. Like, can you imagine like a an honor guard of like Aes Sedai Ashman duos? Yeah, badass. That'd be really cool. So. At one point, she says that he can trust all these Aes Sedai because oath-breaking is impossible for Aes Sedai. But didn't she betray her oath of fealty to him by bringing Cat Swain here just now? He, he actually mentions this, and she says that it's the way that, the way that she sees it, it's not a, a breaking, breaking of the oath, because she thinks that Cat Swain doesn't actually give a shit about Rand, really. What she thinks is this is... Kat's, she's, she thinks Cat Swain is doing her a favor by bringing her to Rand. That's her interpretation, and that's why it's not a breaking of the. So oath. you can break your oath if you're stupid. Yes, that, that, <laughs> I think that is it. Well, we know that Ice and I can lie if they're wrong, right? Like if, they, if it's something yeah, that believe to be true. true. Yeah. So yeah, if you're stupid, then you can break your oath of fealty. <laughs> no, I mean even Brand doesn't think the cat swings that into him for some reason that I can't understand. Yeah, I, I think I thought he was smart until this moment. Yeah. Like, of course she, of course she's playing you, dude. Yeah. It is so obvious. Catswain's like, oh, I was just going to farm outing anyway. How did she find out he was in farm outing? From Alana. No, no this, I think she already knew. Is something Alana had said. No, well, they, they knew. They knew in general where which direction he was in, and then they, they like gate, gated to near that direction, and then they rode for a while. And it's, she may have guessed that he was in farm outing, but I, I'm pretty sure that Alana tracked him down. Okay, because I, I thought I thought Alana was saying that. Cad Swain is the one who told her that he was in Farmatic because she didn't know. Hmm. Because she did like a Desdes and she couldn't Yeah, talk. I thought it was the other way around. I don't know. You could be right. I might have just mis- misinterpreted it. Either so, way, and, this conversation does have an interesting benefit in that Rand has decided that he's going to start using these Aes Sedai to his benefit. Now that it's sworn fealty to him. Right. Which is a good thing, right? Like, yeah. they're irritating, but at least he has a few that he can use. Yeah, he, and he, as part of that, he sends her to go give orders to those negotiating ones. To go down to Tyr and negotiate with those rebels in the Hat of the Merc. Yeah. Which is a good idea. That's a great Delegate, idea. Rand. Yeah. This, is what he, this is what he should have been doing all along instead of, you know, teleporting around, having, you know, guerrilla battles in the yeah. jungles yeah. of whatever. We also, so at the end of this, we switch to Viren, Viren, right? And we learn why Viren is using a fake name. It's because she has warrants out for her. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> She's like, I've got priors in farmatic, man. <laughs> I got bodies in this jurisdiction, man. Yeah, yeah. My girl Vern is up to some shit. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh man, I want to hang out with her. Like she's got, I bet she's got some great stories. <laughs> and nobody knows, you know, she plays her cards close to her chest, but man, she's cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she is super cool, and she's hanging out with Cat Swain. And Kat Swain confides that she's trying to help Rand by teaching him emotion. To love. Yeah, or right. some bullshit, yeah. I know, it's, it's weak. Um, but but, but <laughs> apparently the moment she was saying that, Viren was about to poison her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's like, oh, you want to help? Rand slips it's the like, vial back into like, her sleep. Her yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like she was about two minutes from poisoning the shit out of Kat Swain. And, uh, yes, uh, which is another mark in Viren's favor, in my opinion. I know. She's like, this shit has gone too far. So, I'm, I disappoint. 
disappointed in Min, though. She told Cad Swain that Rand need about her her things about him about her. Yeah, I, that's right. Yeah, I, and I'm not sure Min knew uh, how bad she was at that point. I don't remember exactly when that happened. It's but. implied that she didn't tell her directly. That Cad Swain kind of got it out of her some way. Mm. So I, I imagine Cad Swain just being super shady and shifty and putting together clues. Okay. But despite yet another POV from inside Viren's head, we do not learn what she's up to. No. <laughs> At the end of this, man, I'm, I, hope yeah. we, I'm, I bet there's going to be a big payoff for here. I'm really looking <laughs> forward to it. Chapter 26, Expectation. I kind of the wheel of time. So, Egwene and Elaine meet in Emmonsfield in Teleran Riod. Uh, Emmonsfield is totally different now. It's a big old town. You know, Elaine says she's sad about this, but it sounds like Two Rivers is doing fucking great, right? It, yeah. Yeah, it sounds... But, you know, they, they mention... It's from Elaine's perspective, and she mentions, like, there's still a tiny little inn next to that big foundation, but that's Egwene's inn. That's where she grew up. I know, the Wine, wine Spring Inn? That was the biggest yeah. building that any of them had ever seen. Yeah, yeah. and it's a tiny inn to her. But, but I, I have to say, like, based on the descriptions of the, that inn, it was not tiny. Didn't they say it had, like, giant fireplaces and stuff? Yeah. It, it had a lot of fireplaces. Like, yeah, like a dozen of them. Something okay. ridiculous. A preposterous, preposterous number of fireplaces <laughs> for a small inn, but whatever. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Egwene is sad. And, but guess you can never go home, right? Elaine is apparently using this dream visit to scout out a potential enemy. Uh huh. And is making that. making plans to crush them. Yeah, yeah. She catches a glimpse of the flag of Nethrin flying in Emmons Field, and you know it turns out queens hate it when you fly the flag of a fallen nation that's your nation is yeah. kind of right on top of. Yeah, Elaine is like making notes and making lists. They're like, I'm gonna have to and, teleport someone in here to take a look at this. Yeah, and I was thinking like. Fuck off, Elaine. Where were you when the Trollocs came, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, Emmonsfield doesn't pay taxes to Andor. I get that it's in Andor, but, like, she has no no skin in this game. Yeah, really, just right? leave him the fuck alone. Like, you're only there because your baby daddies grew up there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I, I, can, I got this vibe. Like, she was looking around and seeing all this prosperity, and she was thinking, like, what if this prosperity was my prosperity? Mm. You know, that's a, that is a really good point. Um, I, and it could also be that... The idea of a new nation spawning in the middle of her nation is like dangerous in other ways. Like it, on the edge, on on the edge. But it, let's say, let's say it gets a little a little bigger, right? Like and then then uh, it gets a little bigger, you know. Like <laughs> eventually, Andor is getting smaller, you know. Sure, yeah. So that's something you want to yeah. be aware of. But that's you're right. You're right. Uh, it feels a little scummy. And so they uh, they spend some time commiserating about the burden of leadership. <laughs> um, to which I have to say. Fuck off, Elaine. <laughs> both of you fought your way past more qualified entrance to achieve power in both of your respective positions. <laughs> you sought this out. Uh-huh. You do that not get to feel bad about it. Like, but, noblesse oblige crap. <laughs> <laughs> the, I don't know. This is, this is, I think it does call attention to uh, how, how much they have both changed since the beginning of the story, right? Like, if you think about the, the kinds of people they were at the beginning and the kinds of people that they are now... To me, they're very different. I, you, you may not agree with me, Jeff, but, <laughs> yeah. but I feel like uh, Egwene uh, has like a, a, a lot more savvy cunning than she's ever had before. She like sees things and understands uh, yeah, things. Yeah, I, I can definitely see the changes, and, and I like them both better than I did before. Yeah, just like don't feel bad for yourself when like there's a thousand people that would literally kill to be in your position. I, I probably have literally killed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. not would did. Uh, but uh, and, and maybe also to like reveal kind of how they've changed. Elaine does not tell Egwene about 
bonding, the, the bond they did. Yeah, the, yeah. the, the menage a bond. <laughs> bond a trois. <laughs> That's good. Uh, I, and I think it's maybe because a little bit because she doesn't necessarily trust her as much as she like. Maybe she trusts her, right? But she also knows that if Egwene knows that she can track Rand, she's going to well, use that information. It's true. I was thinking it's just because she'd be in trouble and Egwene's a cop now. Yeah, I mean, but Elaine's like the fucking queen of Andor. What the fuck, are, what's she going to do about it, right? Uh, yeah, but she likes to think that she's also an Aes Sedai and like, you know, she'll obey Aes Sedai orders or something. I guess so. She hasn't really sorted that one out in her head, has she? Yeah, she has not. Yeah. Huh. I, I think some of those rebels have thought through the implications. That's <laughs> true. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. She does mention that she knows it's a little dodgy from a White Tower perspective. Yeah. Not so, illegal exactly, but, you know. So you just, she just wants to ease Egwene into the concept. You know, like you do with the three-way bond. <laughs> or any kind of three-way. You, you ease into that concept. <laughs> right. So then Elaine wakes up and has breakfast and meets with Melar. Yeah, who, again, we know is super evil. And, yeah. Yeah. And Igwe, she, she's uh, deliberately making eyes at him because she wants people to think that he's the baby daddy. Yeah, everybody knows that she's pregnant. <sighs> yeah, it's good to hear that even in Andor, there are plenty of people with opinions about what a woman should do with her body. <laughs> yeah, I, she can't. It's so sad she can't eat a good breakfast because I guess in Andor, good food is bad for pregnant women. Okay, so they just give her porridge. This actually really concerned me because she said that she's dying, she's eating porridge and she's dying to have Avienda's eggs and ham. Those are protein. She like protein. when you have cravings when you're pregnant, it's because your body needs that. It needs protein yeah. and she's not getting it. It didn't make much sense to me at all. No, I know. It's, it's the worst. It's possible Robert Jordan didn't know that. Yeah, it's a possibility. Yeah. I, I, I think it's supposed to be a healthy diet, but you're, you're right. Yeah. But apparently just like everybody knows she's pregnant now and apparently that's Fine. It's, it's not fine though. I think she's a scandal. But is it a scandal? Well, she's we like we think it's a scandal, but so, nobody seems scandalized. No, she said she mentions that a bunch of people kind of give her some side eye about it. But but it's really. It's but you're right. It's, it's not exactly like a gossipy way. Like, ooh, who's the daddy? Yeah. yeah. But but you're right, Alice. It's different because we know that the queens of Andor often have consorts or mm, whatever. So maybe okay. it's, maybe a it's more just thing? like yeah, yeah. Maybe it's yeah. more just like we want to know who the the dude is, you know. But mm-hmm. uh, she has a brilliant idea to squelch the speculation, which is that she's going to imply to everybody that Melar is the father. Yeah. This is a good plan. <laughs> I mean, this is not a good plan. She's, she's like missing some vitamins and minerals because she's only eating porridge because <laughs> this doesn't make any goddamn sense at all. I also well, want to say it's really funny that she's like, man, I can't wait till I get morning sickness so Bir- Birgitta will feel it too. <laughs> Beer sheet, whatever. Uh, yeah, no. It, so this is this is a, a real good way to create a succession crisis, right? Yeah, it is. And uh, I, but I get why she's doing it, though, right? Like, she she wants it to be impo- She wants nobody to suspect the real father because as soon as the fact that the dragon reborn has a kid is on the table, then that's like a big deal, right? Yeah, I guess that's, that's where the forsaken are gonna be. They're gonna be like, oh. Mm-hmm. This is where we need to be. She could have picked somebody other than this incredibly shady Melar guy. Absolutely. She made a terrible choice as far as, like, the guy. She should have found some dumb pretty boy somewhere. She doesn't have very many pretty boys around. She surrounds herself with a lot of women. She doesn't have any male friends. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. I mean, almost none of the people in this entire series have friends that are the different gender. Yeah, this is true. Because remember how weird it was when Matt and Brigitte were hanging out together, just kind of, like, broing out? Because yeah. it was so unusual. Yeah, it was yeah, like yeah. a favorite part of the series. Yeah, it was, it was pretty really great. Good. They were like <laughs> shooting the shit in the old tongue, and everyone's like, what the fuck are they doing? <laughs> so she gets a report from Nori. Um, no change. Boring. 
She says, this is going to be a boring meeting, and then it's boring. <laughs> like, you know, she, they find out that her alum mines are doing very well. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I know. She's got an advance on her profits. Yeah. And then a report from Harfor, uh, who has found nine spies so far. Uh, yeah. Yedoy, right? Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, of course. I yeah. mean, how many, how many servants are there, actually? Because that's how many spies you're probably going to find. So I, I, I do think it's interesting the way that she's handling it, which is to not fire them, to keep them, and just give them bad information. Yeah. It's probably a good way to handle it, I guess. I, I don't know. I mean, she's the queen and I'm not, but it feels like as long as they're around, they're more likely to hear something you don't want them to hear. Yeah, that's true. And uh, so she just basically does ruler business for a while. And then finally, Merrill returns from meeting with the Borderlanders. Yeah, and their army is way bigger than I realized. They have 200,000 troops. That's yeah. crazy. Like, when we read that chapter with them, I was like, sure, like, you know, maybe like an honor guard of like 20 people each, right? Yeah. But no, 200,000 people is like, I'm going to roll in and conquer your nation army, right? Yeah, that's that's like World War II numbers. That's that, crazy. That is more, I, I suspect that it's way more soldiers than, uh, than Elaine can command right now, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Although she does have a... a a line on a collection of murder wizards. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. I don't know how many Ashman equals 200,000, but it's a lot less than 200,000. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, they, they want to meet with Elaine, uh, and they're not attacking, they're not moving, they just want to meet with Elaine. They know that she's connected with Rand somehow. Yeah, they know a lot of stuff. They know yeah. about Falm. Yeah, I don't know exactly how they got that information. Nor do I. That was interesting. Although, maybe it was from Huron. Oh, yeah. yeah, the sniffer, right? The sniffer. He was, totally he was with him all the way up here, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're totally right. I, for, I completely forgot about that guy. Yeah. So, I wonder how he's doing. I hope he's doing all right. He was going back to his family. I hope yeah. they're, they're good, you know? Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, I hope he hasn't gotten stuck in any evil dimensions. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That'd be a step up. He's had his fill of evil dimension, yeah. I'd say. So Elaine decides to go immediately and meet with them. I love it. You know, yeah. I love this idea. It's yeah, like, deal with it. You can teleport? All right, I'm going to go teleport over there and talk to him. Yeah. Uh, and she's kind of overly obsessed with protecting her baby right now. Yeah. Which, uh, I don't I, know how realistic that is. I think it's probably... I mean, from my own personal experience, I remember feeling, like, super vulnerable. Yeah. And so I got very, like, mama bearish. It was weird. It's a weird thing. It, huh. Yeah, being pregnant fucks with your hormones. Uh -huh. Yeah. So, yeah. Your cave, caveman comes out. Yeah. And that's it. She heads off. Yeah, I, I, uh, this is one of those ones where I was sad that the chapters ended where they were because I was like, I want to know what happens next. I, have, I don't even know. I haven't looked at the next chapter. I hope the next one's an Elaine one. That was kind of cool. All right. And uh, I believe we have a letter. We do. Oh, we got a letter? Oh, I love letters. We have a question from a listener, and oh, I, I totally I think love it's it. E letter, actually. Wait, an E letter? What does right. the E stand for? Uh, how easy it is to get them on your computer. Oh, that's really clever. I'm glad somebody invented that. Wow. So anyway, we have an email from Jansen. And, um, well, first of all, it's very sweet. He said, I probably wouldn't have been able to force myself through Lord of Chaos without your episodes to pull me along. So that's oh. very nice. So I'm not sure. Well, I mean... That was a slow one. Yeah, I was going to say, I think that was actually when I stopped reading the first time I read these books initially. So... 
I'm not sure I would have been able to do it without this podcast. This podcast is helping me along as well, so I'm yeah. glad it's helping other people too. <laughs> there you go. And he had such a great question. You talked about how one of his favorite things about the books, which is also one of my favorite things, is when random stuff from our world like pops up. Mm-hmm. You know, like the Mercedes-Benz logo and stuff like that, <laughs> yeah, yeah. which is so like, much fun. He just like throws shade at Mercedes. On. I know. <laughs> it's associated with greed and with crappy people. <laughs> <laughs> assholes. Yeah. <laughs> feel like assholes. I don't know why. <laughs> saying that that's probably going to be a lot harder to do in a TV show than it is in a book. So if you could pick one thing to randomly pop up in the background of the TV show that's coming out, a long forgotten artifact from the Age of Legends and beyond, what would it be? And before you answer, he said that he hoped that the accepted that the accepted testing Tarongrail arches were actually old, burnt out, sun bleached McDonald's golden arches, <laughs> which is great. That'd be so good. <laughs> I don't know. It's like they're like humming a little bit. <laughs> I don't know if the, the makers of the show are listening. I, I think some. It, product placement opportunities are opening themselves up. Right? <laughs> That's true. And if you're looking for uh, advertising, please feel free to contact us. Contact us at hello. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we'll, we'll gladly cross promote your uh, your show on our mm-hmm. on our show. So I had two that I thought of that I really wanted. Uh-huh. So the first one, the first thing I thought of um, for people who are not from Texas, we have a um, gas station, but it's more than a gas station here. It's called Bucky's, oh, God, and it's amazing. Right. It's like. It's like a convenience store on steroids. They have great food. But anyway, their mascot, they're so big. And their mascot is a beaver. And they have these ridiculous statues outside of all their buckies that are probably like, what, three, four feet tall? Uh Something like that. They're just huge. It's a huge metal beaver smiling with a backwards hat. And I just, or frontwards hat. He's wearing a hat of some sort. And I would just so love that. I think that'd be great. And then the other one is a wacky, wild, inflatable fun guy. You know, <laughs> like those ones at the at a uh, car. Oh, the inflatable wind yeah. guys. <laughs> yeah, the wind guys <laughs> that they have at car dealerships. Yeah. If there's just one of those off in the background, yeah. uh, it'd be cool if that was in like the, the warehouse of the Aes Sedai and they're like, we don't know what that is. I know. have studied it for a whole lifetime. Because think about it, you'd have to be like, oh, how do you make it work? Some sort of like magical or scientific properties or something to even get it inflated and stuff. And they'd be like, why is this here? It must have been a god. <laughs> it's clearly some object of worship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I, th- I think a, like a. Like, fun little, like, cameo things would be, like, really obvious, like, electronic stuff. I was thinking, like, everyone knows what, like, a, an iPod looks like, right? So, there's the little, mm-hmm. little white thing made of some unknown material with a little circle in the middle. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, it's not a bad one. Yeah, I, I think it would be, like, a lunar lander. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, the limb. Like, to them, they, they wouldn't know it was a vehicle, right? Maybe like it's some right. sort of yeah, like it's, it's this silvery thing that like people it's like a house that they lived in, but it's tiny. You know, it's weird. Mm-hmm. It has like a bed and like you know all these compartments. Right. Yeah. And if they if Egwene found it in the world of dreams, it would be associated with like the the most arid conceivable desert. You know, mm-hmm. like total the total absence of life. And that, that's really weird to her. Why would somebody live in something that that is associated with no life? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Yeah. Yeah, what, so that, yeah, that, that was a good question. And, it was a good uh, question. If you, if you guys have uh, thoughts or, or other ideas about fun things that would be uh, interesting cameos, please feel free to let us know on uh, the Facebooks. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So that's it for this episode. Next time we're going to cover chapters 27 through 31 of Winter's Heart. I am Jeff Lake. That's at Jeff underscore Lake on Twitter. I'm Alice Sullivan. That's at Alice M. Sullivan on Twitter and Blue Bonnet Cafe on Instagram. I'm Mike Sparkman. I still don't have one of those. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, please drop us a line at hello at thedragonbreed.com. We love hearing from you. And uh, we might answer you on air. 
Uh, please share us with anybody you think will like us. Please give us good reviews wherever you got this. Please check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash club. Please like us in real life. We're just so likable. Until next time. The, the light, light illumined you. you.